This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado, there's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are going to take our first break of the show because I want to start the interview with Benjamin Hockman not at 11.06, James, not at 11.07. I want this to start at 11.11, and I will tell you why, and you'll know why, when you hear from the Post-Dispatch columnist next. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. Tom Ackerman with Benjamin Hockman, Post-Dispatch columnist, is with us, author of the book 11 and 11, a hometown hero, LaRusa's last ride in red, and a miracle World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's been 10 years since that epic championship. Benjamin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I cannot believe it's been 10 years, a whole decade. I know, and I every time they plant a ball into center field, freezes lawn, that's starting to catch on. I saw the Cardinals tweet that recently. I think they might have gotten that from you, Benjamin. <laughs> that's my greatest and only contribution to Cardinals culture is coming up with the nickname for that area in center field, freezes lawn. Yeah, that's it, freezes lawn. You coined it. Uh, but, you know, there's so much more to that series and that entire season, obviously, than – David Freeze's heroics in Game 6, and that was, that's what this book is all about. And I brought you on for a couple reasons, because, first of all, we haven't done it in a little while, but also Father's Day is a week from today, and this is an awesome Father's Day gift. And I'm a man of the people, and I like to provide a service, and this service is shopping. If you're looking for something to buy for Father's Day, this is the gift, 11 and 11. I think it's a great book, and not just because I'm in it for a little bit there, Benjamin. That's nice of you to say, man. Yeah, just go to 11and11book.com, 11and11book.com, and you can order the book, but I'll also autograph it. I'll sign it and personalize it to the dad in your life. Uh, Happy to do that. And uh, it's just cool to be able to write a book uh, for fellow St. Louisans. I grew up here, and uh, writing about Game 6 was the coolest thing uh, probably ever did. Well, that's the thing is it's not a sports book necessarily. It's a St. Louis book. Like There's a lot yeah. of stuff in there about the city, isn't there, Benjamin, that uh, makes reference to the city. So it's a story about us, the people who experienced it, as much as it is the people who participated in it. That's 
really well said, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You captured that nicely. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of the book was to write about how the 2011 team affected us as much as the 2011 team affected baseball history. And and we have this, this shared experience now. Where were you for game six? Ask it to anybody. And, you know, our, our city is uh, divided uh, different ways, but we're all connected by Game 6 and Game 6 stories. What, uh, to you, stands out about why the season was special, Benjamin? The season was special because most other seasons like that, when you're ten and a half out, it's just over. And we forget that after the 2006 World Series, the Cardinals uh, didn't make the playoffs the next two years, then made it in 09, but didn't even win a game, and then didn't uh, do anything in 10. So we're like, golly, it's 2011, and they're blowing it again, and, and Pujols is going to be a free agent. And there was this moment in late August where we're all just, like, really feeling down. And what happened after that was magical and memorable. And what was cool about it, or the 73 things that were cool about it, but to, to me what I'm about to say that was cool about it is that everybody contributed. It's not like it was a NBA team and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh carried the team to the championship. It took 25, 30 guys to do it, everyone from Albert to Adrian Chambers. You know, what's interesting, too, is that Albert was dealing with his contract. Tony LaRussa didn't say anything about it, but he was wondering and eventually knew that it was going to be his last year. Adam Wainwright was out for the year. Like there were a lot of things stacked against him or at least hanging over them. And they were able to overcome that almost like, almost like the last dance with Michael Jordan and the bulls. Like you kind of thought maybe this is the last time we're all together. Definitely. Yeah. That was the last dance for uh, LaRussa Pujols and the Cardinals. And it took this amazing run, and there's just so many fun stories in it. And that's why I wanted to write the book. Like We all saw the games. We all know the basic stories, but I wanted to find some stories behind the scenes that really captured just what made this team so special and magical. And everything from, from goofy stories to serious stories are in the book 11 and 11. When the Cardinals clinched, they will admit that was their wildest celebration of all. And that was when they were in Houston and they were waiting on this. Take a listen. Mayberry is holding ugly at first. Got a healthy lead. Not running. Pitch coming. Swinging a ground ball to first. Mayberry goes to second. There's one. Back to first. There's two. And the season is over. The Phillies turn a 3-6-3, and the Braves players double over in agony. The Braves were knocked out, and the Cardinals miraculously, Benjamin, got in, and they went wild, didn't they? It was such a fun celebration to watch. Uh, You see the videos to this day, and just the smiles on the faces about the accomplishment. They were ten and a half games out, and it took things like Adam Wainwright's speech at the night the cauliflower ear banquet that you were at, Tom, and Chris Carpenter speaking to the club uh, to inspire the guys and get to that point. Incredible. And then in the NLDS, I know in Game 5, skipping ahead to Game 5, we all marvel at Chris Carpenter and what he was able to do going the distance in that game against Roy Halladay. But I saw David Freeze tweet this, or maybe it was on Instagram recently. He points to this specific play that was enormous in the entire postseason. This is game five, sixth inning, and there's a runner at first challenging Yadier Molina. Long look, and uh, Chris 
Gets the side. Checks on the runner. Here's the pitch. The runner goes. The throw is going to be uh, too late. He is out at second base as they call him out on a fantastic tag by Punto. He had a tremendous jump. And the Cardinal catcher Molina still threw him out. What a peg and what a tag by the Cardinal second baseman. Chase Utley's the runner caught stealing Benjamin, and if he ends up scoring, that's a different ball game, isn't it? What a moment. And that's a great call on Cam Works by Mike Sanders. was very authentic and genuine. Like he's like, Man, that guy's about to steal the base, isn't he? No, Yachty, wow. And that that's kind of the experience we all had watching it. It was. Uh, that 2011 series, of course, ended this way. Arbinder's 2-2 pitch. Headed home. Swing and a ground ball to the second baseman. Here's the throw to first. Out at first, and the Cardinals win this one one to nothing as Carpenter goes the distance. Incredible. Chris Carpenter, and that is, among all of his moments, his greatest moment. But you know what else is uh, him going three days rest in the World Series to pitch Game 7 is pretty remarkable, too, Benjamin. What a performer, Chris Carpenter, in the history of the Cardinals. No question about it. I mean, and he wrote the foreword to this book, which is pretty special for me. Chris Carpenter, I mean, he was all over the intensity of that team. He, he helped infuse it in the different players. What about the, the Cardinals pitching staff just in general? What are some of your uh, favorite moments and memories of some of those that uh, were able to perform? You know, we talk a lot about Freeze and Pujols and some of the great hits, but Carpenter and the pitching staff were very important. I know Jason Mott wrote the closing of your book. Yeah, yeah, how special is that? I got, I got the starting pitcher, Chris Carpenter opening, and, and Jason Mott closing it. And um, I'll tell you this, man, I, I love this story uh, that I want to share um, about Jason Mott. He went to Carl's Drive-In before game six, and the woman behind the counter said, not if, but when you guys win tonight, well, you're coming back here tomorrow for game seven, same meal. And that's what he did, and sure enough, he was on the mound to win the game. Oh, man, there isn't a better burger. I won't say who's the best, but there isn't a better one in St. Louis than Carl's. So Mott was right on there, and let's skip ahead to game six. Here it is, ninth inning. Swing it along one in the right. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's at the wall. It is off the wall. One run in. Here comes Burton. Over to third goes Freeze. We're tied 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. How about that? A lot of this book focuses on David Freeze and the Game 6 experience, Benjamin, and what are some of your favorites uh, from out of the book in terms of how fans experience that moment? Oh, my gosh. Well, that was the fun thing about this book is I interviewed dozens of fans as well. I interviewed the players, of course, but dozens of fans and so many great Game 6 stories. There's 11 chapters in the book, 11 and 11, and at the end of each chapter is a Game 6 story from a fan. But David Freeze, he's our guy, and I have joked on KMOX before, like, he could be from Botswana, but if he hit the triple and hit the homer, he would be St. Louis's guy forever. But he was from here. He's from Wildwood. He's, he went to the infield batting cages growing up. He's one of us. And, uh, and he did this and made all of us smile and still smile 10 years later. 3-2 delivery on its way. Swing and a high drive to center field. Get up, baby. Get up, baby. Get up.
You also have the story in the book that's a must-read about how that ball was acquired in center field and then eventually presented to David, Benjamin. I love it. Yeah, and these two guys, they got the ball. One of them was a Cubs fan. He's wearing a Cubs shirt. You know, at the time, 2011, uh, the, the Cubs weren't in a very good spot. Uh, but he was still rooting for his team, and sure enough, uh, the two guys get the ball, and you are actually, uh, if I may, uh, neighbors with one of these men, if that's correct. Yeah, uh, uh, David Hewitt actually uh, lived next door to me. He has since moved, but <laughs> when he moved in, I was like, wait a minute, are you, aren't you the guy who caught the Game 6 home run? He's like, yep. Uh, so, you knew yeah. the name. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. I recognized the name. I Googled it and went back. I'm like, I know that name. And that's exactly who it was, because I was there down in uh, Don Thompson's room there outside the clubhouse when they made that exchange. That's really something. Uh, it's a great that's book. Awesome. It's a great book. It's it's really special. And by the way, to let you know, we started this interview at 1111 Central Time here on Sunday morning. How do you like that? That is perfect. That is perfect. 11 and 11. The hashtag lives on. That's right. 11in11book.com is where you find the book from Benjamin Hockman. I don't want to give too much more away. It's really good, and it's a great gift for Dad. It's all about what happened 10 years ago. Now the Cardinals need to go out and win another one so Benjamin can write another book. But 11 and 11, a great, great moment. And if you were to ask me my favorite moments covering sports in St. Louis, it's number one. I don't think there's any doubt about it with uh, the Blue Stanley Cup right there next to it. Benjamin, an absolute pleasure. It's available everywhere, and thanks for joining us on KMOX. Always fun being on KMOX. Take care, Tom. Have a good one. We will come back, and we'll have Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, on sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no. Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Cardinal baseball tonight. The Cardinals at Wrigley Field taking on the Cubs, trying to salvage this series and pick up a win. And joining us is the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. And the Cardinals sitting at 500, Mo, it, you know, uh, you know as well as anybody that it takes patience. It's a long haul. It's a long season. But it's tough uh, right now for the team, isn't it? How would you describe how the team is right now? Just your overview. Let's start with yesterday, the loss to the Cubs. Yeah, I think from a high level, it's it's been, you know, you got to factor in all the injuries that this team has suffered. So we look nothing like the team we envisioned when we were breaking camp. And then couple that with the fact that when you have opportunities to win games, like Friday's game, for example, and you let that slip away, that really takes the wind out of your sails. And then a game like Saturday night, which is and kind of reflecting on a game like that, when, when, you're, when you're winning and having success, you can handle a game like that. You might even be able to come back. But when things just aren't going your way, you're just not getting the breaks, it's, it just is, uh, it, it becomes real stress points. And I think back fifth inning, you know, unfortunately – there were probably two pitches in that four-pitch sequence that could have been strikes. And, you know, that's sort of how we feel right now. We're just not getting that, that key break or that key hit when you need it. And when you think back to where we were maybe two, three, four weeks ago, when we were getting those breaks, everything felt great. And, and now it's one of those, those 
lulls in the season where we've got to fight through this. We can't panic, but we, we've got to get back to our winning ways. And, you know, it's much easier said than done, especially when you're dealing with the injury list that we are, but, you know, hopefully um, maybe we can shake things up a little bit. We're trying to look at all different types of alternatives if possible, but, you know, clearly what we're seeing right now, it's, 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 it's hard to win games. It is, and you make the good point about the breaks and that Friday game in particular, you know, some things a little out of character, some some things that happened to three players, uh, Goldschmidt and, and the exchange between Yachty and, and Nolan and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those things do happen. A, a ball falls into right field off the bat of Marisnik, et cetera. You know, Edmund, the play out and right. I mean, things do happen. Uh, but it, you know, yesterday, clearly, one of the things that uh, hurt the Cardinals was the walks. And you know, it's we talked to Mike Schultz about it. The players know about it. The whole world knows that you, you can't walk people. Uh, but it, sometimes it's just hard to get out of it. I'm, I'm not really sure what the answer is there. And Ricky Horton, actually, Mo, made a good point in the broadcast yesterday where he said, you know, you also can't take the gas off there. You can't just throw one over the middle either. Like, you got to bring it every time. So there's a... It's an interesting situation they're in right now, but uh, too many walks is is basically the answer. It is, but I do think when when you have a pitcher that has a, a one-to-one strikeout to, to walk ratio, um, clearly you're not throwing the ball over the plate enough. And if you are throwing the ball over the plate and you're getting pounded, then maybe you got to rethink it. But giving free passes is just not a sustainable model. So, you know, as we move forward, that's something that, you know, internally we've got to focus on and, and – Hopefully we can right this ship, but you know it's it's, it's painful to watch. Really, um, you know nothing's worse than when you're just handing 90 feet to to the opposing team, especially 90 feet after 90 feet after 90 feet. So it, it can be a little frustrating. And needless to say, it compounds the issue. And you know, last night, I, I the way I look at it right now, it's behind us, but we can't ignore the facts, and and so we we're going to have to think long and hard about how we adjust from there. No doubt. And I know that, the, as you mentioned, the front office is looking far and wide for pitching help, whether that's internal or external. And I know you can't go into detail about any pursuit or any anything you're looking for, but it's something that could happen uh, now, a week from now, a month from now. But uh, things are starting to get a little more urgent, aren't they? I mean, I so I guess what I'm saying is from your standpoint, uh, to do something immediately – uh, isn't always the easiest thing to do. It's it, it's a, it's a daily basis, kind of looking to see what's out there. It is, and it's and, and even if, for example, we want to do something, it doesn't mean we can. And so, you know, right now, I would imagine if you're trying to chase starting pitching, you're going to find the the price really high. And you know, we just have to decide, like, you know, what's our stomach for those price points. And and so, and it might not just be like purely cash. It could be player transaction or player talent and you know our our minor league system is fairly unique in the sense that we have some really like top level or elite talent and then we might have a little bit more of a gap between that next level and so just want to be very careful we're we're we certainly want to win this year but i don't think we're going to do it at the expense of our our future um when you're trying to think about how to solve this problem uh, John Mozeliak is with us, and speaking of the minor leagues, which we're finally getting to see after missing it last year, uh, you still have some time to see players develop, and my goodness, Nolan Gorman, holy smokes. I mean, he yesterday hits three home runs, he hit two before that. What is that, five in a 24-hour period? What a nice <laughs> burst for your second baseman. Uh, a, a good week for him, needless to say. And, you know, I would say over the last, like, 
couple weeks, he's really, you know, changed his approach in the sense of, of limiting his strikeouts and, and, and starting to hit in terms of, 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 you know, more perpetual in terms of his offensive productivity. And so that's great to see. And, and he's someone that we you know, strongly believe in. And, and now, you know, he's sniffing close to a 900 OPS and, you know, you got to feel pretty good about where he's headed. And, you know, obviously uh, we're thrilled to see what he's doing right now. That's good. Uh, Mike Schilter let us in yesterday on Dakota Hudson, that he has that throwing program going down in Jupiter. Uh, what can you tell us about your pitcher who underwent Tommy John surgery last season? Well, I think the the approach we're taking, and I think it's sort of the modern TJ approach, is just to be extremely patient. And, um, you know, right now I think he's trending in a really great direction. He feels good. <clears throat> the worst thing you can have happen in a, in a Tommy John is when you have those setbacks or – you got to take a timeout. Right now, he's he's trending in that positive direction. I don't know if that means we'll see him this year or not. We haven't made that decision at this point, but you know we're certainly uh, pleased with his progress. And Miles Michaelis, what's the latest you can tell us about him? You know, good news for him right now. He does feel pain free. He hasn't you know really put the foot on the gas yet, so we haven't had to test that in the sense of uh, really uh, from a measuring standpoint, but. We're encouraged about how he's healing, and you know, hopefully, in the next uh, week or two, he can start accelerating his return to play. And with KK, it looks like that's uh, going to happen sooner than later. So he's going to give another run at it uh, today, right? Um, to throw aside, you mean? Yeah, throw aside. Yes, and then he'll, uh, if all goes well, hopefully, he'll start midweek. Okay, good to hear. And for Jack Flaherty, obviously, just a, a wait on that, as as we know, those injuries. I mean, gosh, it's hard to just breathe sometimes. Or or if someone cracks a joke, you laugh, and it hurts. So that, that could take yeah, a little while again, for him. Exactly. It's just one of those you just got to be patient with. But, you know, I do feel like he, he's feeling good. And the good news is, you know, he's young and healthy, and guys like that tend to uh, uh, recover quicker. It seemed like Paul DeYoung was doing fine. Harrison Bader, I mean, yeah, we could talk about injuries. We'd last the rest of the hour. But uh, I do want to know about Harrison Bader after Paulie looks pretty good over the last couple of days, from what I can tell. Uh, a similar injury, although uh, Bader uh, fell on a baseball. It doesn't happen every day. So that's a tricky one. It is. Um, I'd also say that like, he's starting to feel better, so his progression will start to pick up. But what we don't want to do is is – start ramping them up too quickly, and then he has that setback. So, um, you know, after we learned about the, the multiple fractures in his ribs, we've, we've sort of slow-played it, but I know he's encouraged with the steps he's starting to take. And let me end on a good note in that I was uh, behind home plate on Friday. I got uh, a, a friend in Chicago helped me out and had an amazing perspective, not only on your club, and it's always good to watch your team from there, but also a full-capacity stadium. And while the Cardinals lost the game and lost yesterday, it is good for baseball, isn't it, to see everybody back in the seats and having fun, and you're going to get to experience that tomorrow at Bush Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, the energy. Um, you know, they really do a nice job up here. They, 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 their fan base gets really into the game, and as you know, it's almost like an outing or an uh, event. And so... Um, it was it was fun to see because obviously uh, being up here last year playing in front of you know twelve people was a much different experience. So I think I think the vibe and, and the energy I think everybody appreciated. 
Now we just got to find a way to get back to winning. That's right. Uh, it's a day-by-day grind, no doubt about it. And the Cardinals have a night game tonight. We'll have it right here on KMOX at 6 o'clock. John Mozalock, always a treat to be able to catch up with you. Thank you for doing it. Best to you in Chicago. Have a good day and good luck tonight. All right. Thank you. Back in a moment on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. Appreciate John Mosellock joining us last segment and also hearing from the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt. He was really good today. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast, 10 o'clock hour. I thought Schilte really breaking down walks and hitting but also some of the things he'd like to see better on this team. He gets into the substances being used illegally around baseball, or are they? Like, you know, what are the rules with Major League Baseball and what's the latest with substances? He gets into some interesting stuff. So that was in the 10 o'clock hour. Now, in case you missed it, John Mosellock did address the pursuit of pitching. Here's that. And even if, for example, we want to do something, that doesn't mean we can. And so... You know, right now, I would imagine if you're trying to chase starting pitching, you're going to find the the price really high. And, you know, we just have to decide, like, you know, what's our stomach for those price points. And and so, and it might not just be, like, purely cash. It could be player transaction or player talent. And, you know, our our minor league system is fairly unique in the sense that we have some really, like, top-level or elite talent. And then we might have a little bit more of a gap between that next level. And so, just want to be very careful. We're We're... We certainly want to win this year, but I don't think we're going to do it at the expense of our our future um, when you're trying to think about how to solve this problem. That's called leverage. So he's making sure that people are aware. He knows he has prospects, but he's not just going to start wheeling and dealing here. He wants to make sure he has the right deal. So John Mozalock joining us from Chicago last segment. And while people are up and down the Magnificent Mile shopping Michigan Avenue, John Mosellock is shopping for some pitching. Make no mistake about it. He is looking around and trying to figure out a way to get this team better because right now they are falling. They are five games out in the NL Central, and they've dropped another game to the Cubs. They play them tonight. I was uh, thinking, though, how could I finish the show on a strong note? This is pretty strong. I would say this is pretty strong. Two years ago yesterday, the Blues won the Stanley Cup. And let me start. It begins and ends with this man, doesn't it? And we miss him dearly. Here he is. The parade is finally here. How does it feel? Well, I feel it's unreal. And I said, if we ever win, we have a parade. It'll be the biggest that St. Louis I've ever seen or ever have. And look at the fans. Has it set in that a Stanley Cup is in St. Louis? At the end of this parade, it's going to settle in, and it's finally here. But it's been hard to believe for the last few days. There were so many emotions, Bobby, when the Blues beat the San Jose Sharks to make it to the Cup Final. Give me an idea of what the emotions are right now for you. Well, for a lot of people and a lot of fans, it's great for me and my family, but the emotions I feel for these people, you look at them, this is what it's all about. You hear the Bobby chants behind me? Hear the Bobby. Go party it. Thank you. God bless him. Bob Plager with Alex Ferrario on KMOX in 2019, the parade downtown. We'll get back to the parade route in just a moment, but this is what we're celebrating right here. Now the Blues will gather. We will watch the Stanley Cup come out of the Zamboni corner along the red carpet, and it will be presented to Alex Petrangelo. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Stanley Cup. Cup makes its way to the ice and waiting for it is the captain of the Blues, Alex Petrangelo with the commissioner. An amazing seven game series by two terrific teams, the Bruins and the Blues. To think after five decades the Stanley Cup is going back to the terrific fans in St. Louis. Congratulations to Tom Stillman, Chris Zimmerman, Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, but most importantly, this amazing team of great players who came together to win it all in seven games. Captain Alex Petrangelo, St. Louis has been waiting a long time for this. Come get the Stanley Cup. Alex Petrangelo skates over, shakes the hands of Commissioner Gary Bettman. He picks up the cup for a photo. Pyrotechnics behind him. And he raises it high. I got chills listening to that. Uh, that was, again, Chris Kerber with that on June 12th, 2019. What a day that was. So where were you when that all went down? I know you remember it well. I was here at KMOX, actually. We sent our entire crew, a number of them from our KMOX staff, uh, who covered hockey all year long, to Boston for Game 7, and boy, did I cross my fingers that they would have the experience of a lifetime, having seen some amazing stuff. I never dreamed that the Blues would win the Cup. I was here covering the Cardinals game that night. Uh, we did uh, pre and post for the Cardinals. Mike Claiborne was also here, and the two of us, uh, with tears running down our cheeks, watched as the Blues won the Stanley Cup. It was absolutely amazing. Claibs took over as the post-game host that night, uh, covering the craziness downtown I drove around a little bit and watched some of the parties taking place then I drove to Obie Clark's there was a line down the street so I decided well I'll go back to my favorite sports bar on another day because I got to go get about an hour of sleep because I'm going to come back and do the morning show and then the party just continued for days for weeks it was an unbelievable experience it really was but you know what uh, took it all, really, when you think about all the celebrations, the parade was what we all dreamed. It was an amazing time, and I want to play some of that for you now. So this is, here's the captain himself. This is on the parade route. KMOX was all over this just a few days later here in St. Louis. Walking around here with the Stanley Cup in front of all these fans, how's it feel? Unreal. You always talk about bringing it down Market Street, but when you actually get a chance, it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. Alex, this city, what have they meant, not just to this team, but what have they meant to you, as long as you've been here and your family? 
see all my crazy family behind me here. They're enjoying it just as much as I am. It's uh, pretty damn amazing. It's what it's all about, right? It's all about family, friends, the fans. Why we do it? Ryan O'Reilly made his way by us, guys. Petro, how does it feel knowing that your name's going to forever be on this? Wow. It's crazy to think about. I think it's all starting to sink in right now as I'm walking down right now the street. It's pretty amazing. Wait till you get to the Arch, Petro. Go enjoy it. Captain Alex Petrangelo with Alex Ferrari there. Did someone say, hey, can I kiss the cup? Can I kiss it? <laughs> oh, the alumni enjoyed it too. Here's Hall of Famer Bernie Federko. Bernie, St. Louis is a party with a Stanley Cup right now. How's it feel? Alex, this is absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. We always said this would be the biggest parade of all time down Market Street. And I'm sure it is right now because the response from these people, thank you, everybody, is just unbelievable. A former captain, Bernie, you've always wanted the Stanley Cup in the city of St. Louis, but now that it's here, what can you say about the group of guys that did it? Oh, my God. Uh, they uh, were unbelievable. I mean, we talk about the ultimate team. Well, this was the ultimate team. They didn't count on just one person. It was one for all, all for one. And uh, they should be congratulated because this is going to go down as one of the greatest stories maybe of all time in the NHL. Bernie, go enjoy this party at the Arch. Uh, trust me, I will. Thanks so much. And speaking of Hall of Famers and Blues alumni, oh, yes, let's go to the main stage. Under the Arch, Holly. You can say let's go Blues all you want, but you know what? We went. We went Blues. We don't have to go anymore because we already did it. <laughs> oh, holy. <laughs> These guys won the Stanley Cup for this city. There is nothing more they have to do. So instead of saying, let's go, Blues, we're going to say, we went blues. We went blues. We went blues. He's going to be horse the rest of his life. I am looking out at all the blue and gold, and I love you so much. This is only going to be one of many Stanley Cups that we win here. Oh, I hope he's right. Brad Hall with an amazing performance. He went on to sing Gloria, actually, on stage. That was Ron Jacober, by the way, who I pulled out of retirement to join me underneath the arch uh, as the Blues won the Stanley Cup. And I hope he's right. I hope they win more than that. Uh, finally, this was the NHL Awards, and the Blues were honored. Here's St. Louis and John Hand. Please welcome a guy who is having the best week of his life, a diehard St. Louis Blues fan, John Hamm. Hi there. Yeah, it's been a good week. Although back in January, it did not really look like it was going to happen. Uh, Sure, we've seen teams go from worst to first uh, enough times. I get it. Uh, but you've never seen it happen in the middle of a season. 
And there were so many moments when it just seemed over. Like it looked like it was gonna be done, there was gonna be one more year without a cup. But the players on this team never gave up. The fans never gave up. And I know some of you might be sick of it, but now we all get to sing Gloria together. Celebrating their first ever Stanley Cup, ladies and gentlemen, the St. Louis Blues. So the Blues come out and they join them on stage. Let's catch that celebration a little bit more from Las Vegas. Um, on behalf of these amazing guys behind me, um, the teammates, all of our staff, um, we especially want to thank the city and the fans of St. Louis. Um, um, you guys stuck with us through the thick and thin, and the celebration with you guys has been above and beyond anything I could ever imagine. We all feel the same. Um, we still can't believe it, but you know we, we did it together, and thank you, St. Louis. It's the coolest thing in the world. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. I just can't get, I'm not, I just won't get tired of saying it, the Stanley Cup champions, St. Louis Blues. Uh, Vegas puts us at eight to one to win it again next year. That's all I'm saying. So, not that gambling is good. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> John Hamm, the St. Louis in there, and that of course was Conn Smythe Trophy winner, Ryan O'Reilly, now the captain of the blues. They've got some work to do. They need to build themselves back up to get back to that. How much fun was that? Man, take me back there. We just did. Thanks for joining us. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.